Well, welcome everybody to the November 9th edition of the Ag Market Network. This is our monthly cotton market teleconference. My name is Pat McClatchy. I'm the moderator of the program. We want to thank our sponsor, BASF. They are our longtime sponsor. They're the owners of Fiber Max and Stoneville Cottonseed, and we appreciate them making this program possible. Uh, we uh, uh, want to uh, also thank Kip Butts. He is leading us today and joining our panel made up of Dr. O.A. Cleveland, Dr. John Robinson, and Gerald Nieper. Kip, thanks for leading us off and giving us your thoughts on the market. Thanks. Uh, as is typically the case, I'm going to go over the monthly balance sheet to begin our session. Uh, November was, it was, as often the case, not terribly eventful, but it does provide significantly better guidance for U.S. production given the advantage of the harvest. The Washington report, I think, was about as expected, at least from 50,000 feet, but perhaps with some modest surprises for the magnitude of U.S. production changes shown in the Nash report. Missouri comes to mind immediately. On balance, the report was bearish given the change from last month, but may not be significantly price impactful simply because of the current price level. More on that from our panelists later. Our U.S. production increased about 270,000 bales to 13.1 million, with lower Texas production offset by the Mid-South and Southeast. Media slipped 100,000 with exports unchanged. I expect strong export sales over the recent weeks played into that thinking because I, for one, have been looking at the export number with a bit of a jaundiced eye. U.S. ending stocks were 400,000 bales higher at 3.2 million, still tight, but providing more room than last month. World numbers showed marginally higher production of 860,000 bales and a half a million bales lower for mill use. Ending stocks were about 1.6 million bales higher than last month. Individual country changes on balance were modest, with lower mill use in Turkey, Thailand, and Vietnam the most notable. It did not go unnoticed, however, that USDA showed a half a million bale increase in China imports. I think some chat last month was centered on the potential overstatement of demand that was somewhat verified by the lower consumption in today's report. However, the reductions may not be enough with the continuing uncertainty of the U.S. and global economy and the state of consumers, not only in the U.S., but worldwide. I also need to make reference to the saved device last month offered by OA and strongly seconded by the panelists for farmers to look at strategy to protect the downside. Pretty timely advice. We'll like to be revisiting that in our commentary this session as well. Uh, that was a quick recap. Uh, feel free, guys, to correct or add to that if necessary. Did y'all see or hear anything that I missed? Well, the Chinese imports were, you know, attributed to purchases by the reserve. So I, I, I don't know if that leads to a kind of a more of a conclusion that it's not, you know, it's policy driven, not really demand ref reflecting of demand. I, I don't know where that's a valid thing to do or not, poo-poo it. But I mean, otherwise, uh, that was the driving, that, I mean, that was sort of the big change of this report. Uh, other than that, you know, the trade categories were all minimal net changes, offsetting stuff. And then consumption, as you noted, in a number of other countries was was lower. So, you know, that kind of struck me as, you know, a little discouraging. And I don't want to throw cold water on uh, 
on uh, Gerald's enthusiasm or positive <laughs> view of things. <laughs> but it just seemed kind of well, like flat to slight, yeah, slightly disappointing because of the cuts on the consumption side. Well, you know, we talked about that last month. I, I, for one, wasn't terribly surprised about that. I'm not even sure that we want to see some more later. But the thing on the imports that I wanted to, uh, you, you make a good point about the reason for it, but they're still imports. And from a global perspective, regardless of the reason yeah. why we needed to increase the imports, it's still going to be a level of demand in the world market, uh, or at least, you know, it changes the balance sheet from that perspective. So I agree that may have been the reason that they did it because of the, the way the, uh, the Chinese does the reserve but it's still a need from outside of China for imports. So I think yeah, from that perspective, we have to recognize it for that. Yeah, I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, it, it may not be demand-driven, but they are selling those stocks, those, that cotton out of those stocks. And so, you know, they definitely have a policy to keep those stocks at a certain level. So, I mean, if they're selling cotton out of stocks, they've got to replenish those. So, yeah, it was demand. You know, yeah. and yeah. Um, the, uh, um, I, you know, one thing about a larger crop, it's going to let us sell more, you know, more cotton into the export market. Um, right. The, uh, I, I, I think at some point we might even see an increase in, in, in the export estimate if some of these other countries will get off the, you know, uh, get off the dime and start buying some more cotton, which course brings up the whole thing about the you know the consumption side but I just it just you know I don't know I just can't believe that things are that negative out there in the world right now um, you know of course I guess that it all it, it's a matter of perspective right I mean we've got two unbelievable conflicts going on you know you got Ukraine and Russia you got Israel Hamas you know you've got these continued you know, saber rattling over there, and, and between China, Taiwan, the United States. So there's just a, there's a lot of uncertainty out there in the world that's probably got people you know nervous about things, understandably. But you know, um, I think in, you know inflation here in the United States is coming down. The you know interest rates are backing back off a little bit. Um, the uh, I I don't know that we're ever going to see a recession here in the United States. We're going to see slow growth, that's for sure. But I don't know that we're ever going to see a recession. Everybody's been talking about a recession for two years now, it seems like. And we haven't seen one yet. So, Well, I've certainly talked about a recession from time to time and uh, have really cooled when it was obvious I was incorrect. But I'm certainly heating up more toward a recession now. But that's beside the point from my comments. I I still have trouble, difficult, the difficulty classifying this as an increase in demand. Uh, certainly China's buy, buying stocks, and I've been on record saying China would continue and would be very good buyers. But that does not necessarily represent a change in demand. Rather, from what I see, it represents in the change of the warehouse in which cotton is being stored. Uh, as we saw, even with these big changes, with these two consecutive weeks of strong U.S. sales into China, world consumption went up, uh, excuse me, world carryover went up more, what, one and a half to two million bales. So as much as I would like to think it's, uh, it's, it's demand-driven, uh, I, I, I think it's uh, just the location of the stocks in China is certainly highly intelligent enough to 
be willing to buy cotton when it's below 80 cents. Uh, that does get into a little bit of a discussion of do we go back to a price with a six in front of it. I tend to think, and this is awfully stepping far out on a limb when we talk about a commodity, and cotton is, understand, nothing other than a commodity. But when you say that we have reached a new plateau in prices and that plateau finds itself as the bottom being somewhere around 70 cents and not and no longer down into the 60s, I'm starting to become convinced of that it's simply for nothing other than the in- inflation that we're seeing here, not only around the world, but specifically here in the United States. And I I noted uh, that Gerald commented that inflation is coming down and interest rates are coming down. I would just simply tell that to someone who's paying seven and a half and eight percent when they try to finance a new house. Uh, tell that to someone who sees their wages increase, but inflation increasing higher than their wages. Tell that to someone who sees six million to eight million new inhabitants in the United States in the last two years because the president has no border policy, and who's going to pay for those six to eight million the people? Absolutely the people. Your taxes, my taxes. So that's pure inflation that's not going anywhere but 4.5% up to 7% again, and that's what we'll live with with these current policies. And that's going to hammer on cotton consumption. And we look at apparel and the, the trouble we're having selling cotton apparel Uh, And then we cross into the United States and look at exports. Certainly cotton is selling around the globe, but very little U.S. cotton. Uh, We're being outmaneuvered by Brazil. And and that's just a real conflict in my mind. And that's why it's very difficult for me to become optimistic. I have scoffed every time we have used the word (laughs) bullish the last six months because there is no demand and you cannot have a bullish market without demand. So as that being said, it's time to pass around the offering plate now because my sermon has concluded, <laughs> but I am still somewhat below 80 cents. I wish I was. I missed it. I didn't see it coming. Gerald had the greatest line this week when I called him, and he said, oh, I know, you think I'm Johnny Cash, and it's going down, down, down in this burning ring of fire. Well, that's what cotton is. That's why we got to be like him. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go after that. <laughs> oh, I want to make a couple of. I, by the way, I, I appreciate your soliloquy there. I thought it was quite interesting. But one thing we have to be careful, at least in my mind, this is the time of year where Brazil kind of gets the jump on the U.S. And it's been a bit of a problem that those crops that move at that time of year get to jump on us right now, and we tend to catch up a little later in the year. I wish that weren't the case, but that seems to be the way it's, it's evolved over the last couple of years, several years, as Brazil has gotten you know, a, a larger production. So I don't want to beat up exports quite so much for that specific reason, but I'm encouraged that the last couple of weeks primarily to China, of course, but uh, that we, our exports have picked our export sales have picked up. Quite honestly, I, uh, if we hadn't seen that, I mean, I have been viewing exports with a bit of a uh, sort of skepticism, thinking that they might have to bring those down. But I'm, I think now I just want to 
have a look a little longer and see because uh, – but I, I, I agree that demand itself worldwide is a bit softer, partially because of inflation and the way consumers, not just in the U.S., but all over the world are getting a little bit squeezed from whatever they felt a year and a half or so ago. And as we all know, you know, you can – it's easier to – to wear that pair of socks with a hole in it and so nobody sees it rather than, you know, cut your, your food or transportation or so on. So and we may see in the short term a bit more problematic demand, particularly on apparel and, uh, you know, those kind of discretionary items. So uh, I, I agree demand is probably going to be a little softer, but that's going to be predicated on what goes on in the U.S. and world economies, which are still uncertain in my mind at best. So, uh, your comments. I'm, I mean, I, I agree with you completely that 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 we have tended to catch up uh, after the rapid start by by Brazil because of their their early crop, uh, and and I hope I am wrong. I, I do hope I am wrong, but it's still very difficult for me to get excited about demand at all, uh, and and not because. Uh, uh, we're slow and we typically catch up. Yes, yes, I totally agree. I just simply don't find the enthusiasm, and this is horrible to say, I don't find the enthusiasm for cotton uh, at the retail level. I do not find the enthusiasm for for an increase in consumer spending relative to apparel goods, relative to whether it be synthetics or cotton. Uh, and 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 it's it's very discouraging, and and I don't have a crop. I'm not getting beat up like the grower is. Uh, I, I I've got my government retirement, and my state retirement, and my Merrill Lynch retirement. I've got uh, and my military retirement. It, I need a bigger mailbox for all my government checks. Well, good for you. <laughs> Well, help me pay for it. They've gone up so much, I can't hardly afford to buy a <laughs> And again, I'm not a grower, so I'm, not, you know, I'm not facing these problems. It's easy yeah, do, for do, me. Do, do your pensions have the uh, cost of living increase in them? Is that one? Every single one of them, guaranteed by Congress. <laughs> Anybody else got any comments? <laughs> Well, I know uh, Gerald has already asked if he could go first, so I'm gonna let him. Gerald, <laughs> what, what are what are your thoughts on on the uh, on the markets as far as outlook and prices go? Well, I think we've seen the low, uh, and it certainly went lower than than uh, than we thought that we thought it would, or at least I thought it would. I didn't think we'd. I didn't really think we'd go really even below 80 cents for the rest of this year, but we did. And all of a sudden, it turned into a money flow. Speculators, you know, it just became a, a spec paradise, you know. They love to follow the trend, and they jumped on board. And, you know, the the, uh, the certificated stocks growing certainly has put carry into the market. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of deliveries. I mean, 300 points, um, you certainly got carry there. And somebody's going to say, well, maybe I can't sell it today, but, you know, I can carry it for three months, and maybe I can move it. Um, maybe we've got we've come down uh, low enough to uh, to entice some new sales. 
We've had 1.6 million bales in, in exchange for swaps here in the last four days alone, which is telling me that we've done a lot of business. Now, maybe it's all to China um, or maybe it's elsewhere, but I think we're going to see some fairly large export sales reports coming up pretty soon. Um, you know, the shipments are a little bit discouraging. I mean, 90,000 bales this year, what? You know, 90,000 bales, it's not like you can't get a boat, you know, to go out right now. So, you know, that gets back to the demand problem that OA is talking about. You know, these guys are willing to sit there and, and, you know, lock in a basis, but they don't need cotton right this instant. So, you know, maybe we'll see uh, we'll see some things pick up. So I do, but I do think that... Uh, um, you know, maybe this is just a knee-jerk reaction here. We had a little bit of a rally today, got back up into at least a recovery zone of sorts. Um, the uh, Every day on my comment, I, you know, my low point on my December chart was showing 76.5 to 77.5, and, and and I thought that would hold, and, it, you know, um, it, it didn't. That was just a, a number out there on the chart, but, you know, realistically, I just didn't think we were ever going to come down below 80 cents. Um, but uh, so we'll have to see if this little bounce today leads to something a little more interesting. Uh, you know, down the road, um, the uh, the market was oversold. It's you know, it, it's relieved some of that, and uh, so you know, will we get any follow through um, at, at all? The you know what's going to bring the mill back into the, into the into the marketplace. I think is just a steady price. We don't have to go back up to ninety cents, but if we can just trade sideways and with some sort of a sign that prices have stabilized, I think that's going to encourage encourage some more selling, uh, particularly at these lower price levels. And uh, so, um, you know, I'm in for for saying that we've seen the low. You know, what was it, 74-something, 60 or something the other day or yesterday? Um, as far as the highs are concerned, I don't think we've seen the last of 90 cents, but it's probably not going to happen for quite a while. Um, but uh, probably the, the realistic top end of this market has been shaved down to probably, you know, 83 to 85 cents on, on the top side until until or unless we get some better news out there with respect to the economy, with respect to demand, uh, maybe some smaller crops someplace. But, uh, uh, you know, 83 to 85 cents is probably the top side of this market for right now unless we see we see some better news coming out. That would be my number. So 74 to 85, I guess. Okay. All right, John, what are your thoughts? I agree with all that. 75 to 85 is an easy way to say it, so I'll say it. All right. Fair enough. How about Kip? How about you? Well, I um, I was a little surprised we went as low as we did. I I thought there was a chance we'd get into the 70s, but I didn't think we would. Certainly didn't think we'd go this low. So I'm going to kind of uh, say again, I have potential to to be wrong, and I, I will admit I do that frequently. I can't discount the fact that we could go into the high 60s, but I don't think we're going to hold that for very long. Uh, Owen made the statement earlier, this is a commodity, and we sometimes get caught up in uh, things that are are certainly related to cotton and the commodity, but we forget there's there's frequently a reversion to mean, and that's 
The average price for cotton has been around 66 cents for a while, uh, for several years. And maybe we need to think in terms that that's not impossible. That's not a forecast, by the way. I think the low, I'm going to say the near-term low is like uh, 70 cents and maybe 83 to 85. Using the same caveat, which I think was very clever on, on Gerald's part, something needs to change to really, uh, to really take us much higher than that. Uh, and part of my comment is predicated on what I'm, I'm concerned as always is about the demand worldwide for cotton, uh, and, and and that's consumer demand for the product as much as anything. So um, otherwise, I would I would be thinking, you know, with a, a carryover of 3.2 in relative terms, that's pretty tight. But the market's telling us, don't worry about that. So. Sorry, I've taken too long. Let's say from 70 to about 83, 85. Okay, OA? Well, I was becoming concerned that Kip was going to talk as long as I did, and it was just going to make me talk longer. But uh, I, I, I really sympathize with Gerald because I've gone through it, and Kip mentioned it as well. I, I didn't think this market would go this low. I, I didn't think it would go below much less 80 cents. I didn't think it would go below 82 and a half. In fact, I absolutely told people it would not. At the time, they were asking me, will it go to 75? And I just laughed at them and said no. But uh, and, 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 and this morning, my, my, my uh, messages came from the mills and wanting to know if it was going to go to 70 cents. And uh, so mills have been right. They've been absolutely and totally right. They've done a good job fixing as this market's gone down, and it's kind of upset the T-card as far as the – on-call sales reports suggesting uh, higher prices. Uh, that's kind of blown, been blown out the window, but uh, I, 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 I didn't think it would not. When it fell below 80, I told them it wasn't going to go below 78. And, uh, Lord, who knows? But anyway, uh, I, I have difficulty getting above 82.5 cents. I have considerable difficulty getting there. Uh, I'm probably somewhere... Uh, thinking that we're going to spend 79 to 77 cent uh, time in the market for the most part. Uh, and I'm just still going to hold on to this 74.25, 74.50 as being the low, but I've been surprised. I, I, again, I mentioned it seven times, but I'll come back again. Demand, and yes, we've had strong sales to China, but who else? We've had normal, routine sales to Vietnam, actually a little lower than usual. Mexico typically does a very good job in pricing uh, during during uh, low price periods, and, and they've been good good buyers, but I would expect them to be in these prices, and I would expect cotton to sell at these prices. But there's no one else buying cotton this week. What was it? Gerald, to 12, maybe 14 people from countries bought cotton. But yeah, and uh, eight to 10 of them bought less than two or 3,000 bales. And that's what we've been seeing anywhere from 500 bales to 700 bales to 2,000 bales. But I, 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 I sympathize with Gerald there simply because this market came down so much lower than, than we all expected. Thank you. I'll shut up too now. Well, any closing thoughts? Anybody have anything else they'd like to talk about? Well, I, again, I'm sorry, I can't shut up. We, 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 it has to be mentioned. I, <laughs> growers don't like it. Uh, this is not a time to store cotton. 
this is not a time for U.S. cotton grower to pay for storage. And I had had one friend of mine say, well, uh, calls are so expensive, we just can't afford to buy them. I'll go back to uh, the late, great Joe O'Neill. He said, you think calls are expensive, you don't buy them, and you'll figure out what uh, what expensive is. I, I think about the, also the late, great uh, uh, Rick, uh, Rick Holder in North Carolina. Once he got a hold of options and began to understand what they were, he said, you think options are expensive, you don't buy them. He said the same thing Joel Neal did. Yes, but there are some good strategies right now. You can you can buy uh, some call options three or four cents out of the money and sell some seven, eight to ten cents out of the money and pay for half of the premium, if not more than, and all of a sudden calls are very cheap and you've got a six, seven, eight, ten cent price opportunity there. So, you know, Gerald and Kip and, and John will, will explain that in detail when I shut up, and uh, I'll let them do that now. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate your organization. We missed you last month. Gerald did an outstanding job. Any other thoughts? I'm afraid to speak now. I don't want to be on the same line, you know, amount of time. It's always so I'm, I'm, I'm through. Uh, all right, going. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, if we've got nothing else, uh, let's let's wrap it up. And we want to thank our sponsor BASF for making this program possible. Uh, thanks to uh, thanks to Kip for leading us today in our panel, uh, and thanks to uh, you, our listeners. We appreciate it. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network. Yep. I was just Thank going to say it. Okay. Go, go, go ahead. Kip. Go ahead. No, I was going to say we oftentimes open up to see if anyone had a question outside the panel, and I don't think we did today. I didn't know if there was something out there we needed to do. That's all. Well, guys, do you, do you want me to open this up? Yeah, open it up. Open it up. All right, hold on. Let me, let me come. We're going to unmute this thing. We've kind of lost some people as we've. We're wrapping it up. Uh, muted. Uh, let's see. Uh, anybody out there got a question for our panel? I have a question. Okay. How long do you think Brazil's crop is going to last? How long do you think Australia's cotton is going to last? And what kind of quality are they? Guys? I have a little difficulty in, in trying to make a determination on quote how long it's going to last, but the quality in both areas, it's my understanding, have been quite good. And so I don't think there's going to be a problem with them going into the world market and being competitive. But as far as uh, how much they decide, Australia tends to want to move their crop. They don't store a lot. And uh, Brazil is kind of a <laughs> kind of a different situation. So I, I think maybe uh, – Maybe Gerald or Owe may be in a better position to talk about how long they're going to be strong competition. Well, I'll respond, but then I'll give Gerald more time to clean the thing for us. Uh, ditto Australia. Uh, the, what they sit on will be pretty good quality, and it'll, 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 folks will come to it for demanding that very high quality. Brazil... Uh, most unfortunately, has uh, come uh, in line with the U.S. production, 
and their crop will last uh, well into the marketing year. Uh, not as long as ours. They do not store as much, uh, though USDA numbers have had them doing that from time to time. Uh, but they typically do not store as much. They want to move it, but their crop has grown, and they have become uh, the primary competitor of ours in the export market and may surpass us this year. So their crop is going to continue to hang over our head, in my opinion. Uh, I would like for Gerald to clean that up or agree with it, one or the other, if you would. No, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all, Oway. I guess, you know, it, it's hard to know exactly how much is, is left. You know, I don't think there's really anything in any in any farmer hands in either Brazil or Australia. It's just a matter of you know how much how much the merchants have left to, to sell of this stuff. And I don't know that they're being terribly aggressive right now because I think they're seeing you know kind of a pickup in the basis out there. Of course, the market's down, and and the basis you know usually reflects you know a little bit better uh, basis when the market comes down. The basis gets a little bit better. It's not point for point, no doubt, but uh, uh, the uh, but I, I I think the Australian crop and and both the Brazilian crop I would say that they're probably both close to you know seventy percent sold so I don't know that they have a whole lot left to, to move into the marketplace but I would agree with OA that probably Brazil will will you know they're going to probably give us trouble until you know January February anyway uh, maybe even a little longer than that. Thank you. Pat, it sounds like we're about through unless there's some more questions, but I would like for everyone to look up the GoFundMe page for Gerald Neeper. His daughter is getting married this weekend. And he'll need <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been collecting some bottles and cans and stuff. <laughs> well, all right. If we any other questions? But my, my question is Comparing that to last year, where where we had an average yield of 950 pounds, do you see any surprises coming down the road on that yield number? You you mean a a, a larger crop possibly in in the December yeah. and January forecast? Um, exactly. Yeah, I, Not I this suppose. Year. Thank you, Owe. <laughs> Go ahead and correct me. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, not at all. I don't know that they're done bringing the Texas number down yet. And um, the, uh, you know, you were picking up signs out there. Of course, Memphis, has, Memphis Territories has, has had an ideal fall for harvest, so they haven't had any trouble at all. Are they? They're basically done, aren't they? Oh, yeah, through, yeah we're through. We're through. We're ready. To, already rolled up, ready to plant for next year. Which is how many rows is that? It's at seventy cents. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to comment uh, that I, I think that the yield we see now, of course, could be changed a little bit. But I think given the state of the harvest, the advanced state now, it's unlikely we're going to see anything in there that's going to be, quote, surprising or shocking. I think yeah. we're just fine-tuning at this point. And, uh, and I think they took care of that in this November number. If you, you know, go through the state levels, there's some pretty big adjustments on those. And, yeah, there's going to be some fine-tuning, but I doubt it's going to be enough to really say, oh, 
I'm surprised about the yield. Any other, Thank you. Any other questions? When does Brazil's um, next crop come off? Uh, they'll start, I guess, harvesting their 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 big numbers. What in uh, uh, July, August time period? Well, I was going to say June, but it could be June. Yeah, I think it's late June. I think that's right. You're talking mid to late June, and then you go on from there, right? And it's the second the second crop or the second season, right? Is what gets harvested yeah. by that early summer, and where where most of the cotton has gravitated into that growing season. Then they have a second crop after that. Well, I, the second crop is what I'm referring to. I think most of the cotton production has gravitated into the second crop because it's geographically gravitated into Mato Grosso where it fits the timing. Yeah, and I think that their planting period for that second crop is, is in January, February time period. Okay, so the crop we have now coming off in Brazil is their first crop. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> you know, the majority the majority of the crop comes in that quote unquote the second crop. So what's oh. being sold now really is the quote unquote second crop. Um, that sat what they call mm-hmm. the saparina crop. You know, they plant mm-hmm. all that corn and soybeans and then they follow yeah. it up with uh, with cotton. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. So when do they plant their first crop? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure, but I, I think it that's what happens in the more northeasterly, more traditional cotton growing regions which have been which are still there but have kind of been shrinking relative to the Mato Grosso region. Hmm. But I'm not sure about the timing. Uh, we got mm-hmm. time for one more question. Anybody else? All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks again to BASF and to uh, Kip and to you, our listeners, and we look forward to seeing you again next month.